Well, we start out ball guys today with me just red hot, just furious, furious. I tell you because I'm why I'm so upset. Royce Lewis, Royce Lewis, the twins, phenom, who they called up because uh, Mr. Correa, what he broke a finger, something like that, broke a finger, I think, bruised, bruised, bruised a finger, didn't even break it. Needed somebody to fill in. It's shortstop for a while. They call up the phenom, the kid we've been waiting for forever, the number one draft pick. And he comes to the big leagues. What does he do, Spency? He tears it up, right? I know. And he had two more hits last night. He had he two. Did. Yeah. Put him down. And he played great shortstop. And uh, they make the uh, the announcement last night after the game. Rocco gets fed to the wolves by management, telling everybody that Lewis is being sent down and Correa is being activated. And and really, this was going to be one of our main talkers today is when Correa comes back, where do you put Royce Lewis? Because obviously you can't send him down. Well, obviously I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you put him in St. Paul, apparently, right? Oh, my God. You put it's him like, in third. It's like your hip pocket, you know? You just got him tucked in there in St. Paul, ready to go. Yeah, just okay. So and then I was looking for an answer. I was looking for what is the rationale behind this decision? And did you guys stick around long enough to the press conference to hear what it was? No, I did not. And I looked at Twitter and there's no rationale in the comment section on Twitter either. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Okay. Here's what Rock. No, this is what Rocco <laughs> had to say. It's not be agreed with it by any stretch of the imagination. Rock said the move was being made because the kid has to play. And Carlos Correa is going to play shortstop. I get that. I, I'm 100%. He does. Put him at short. That's Carlos Correa. Okay? But you can't tell me we don't have a weakness somewhere on the field where you can put Royce Lewis. And, and Rocco said, yes, that's the case. But I'm not putting him out there in an unfamiliar position until he has some practice at that. So whether it be center field or spotting time at third base or second base, Rocco's excuse was he wasn't, that wasn't fair to do to Royce Lewis. <laughs> that wasn't fair. Uh, so he was going to get him acclimated to those different positions. Dumb. He gets called back up. Guys, agree or disagree? Go around the horn. Go, let's hear it. I hate it. That's that's ridiculous. He's a first off. He's a pro athlete. Okay, you know he's elite. You you can't tell me he can't pick up a ground ball at second or third or first. Come on, right? And he's played some outfield, I guess. But you know, Rocco's. Well, this is the you know, this is major leagues. I don't want to just throw him out there. Which, um, I but I think you're right, Spence. He's a professional. Which position is easier to play? Short. Or third or second, right? I mean, if, if he can, if he can already play shortstop, he yeah. certainly can play third or second or first. Agree. Shortstop's one of the most difficult positions on the field. You are the captain of the infield. What, what about you, TJ? What are you thinking? Well, I, I agree with you guys that yeah, if he's I'd missed the game last night. I got sucked into watching Stanley Cup playoffs game, uh, playoff games. But you said he had two additional hits last night. Two for four in the game against Oakland, mind you, a team we lost to Oakland. My goodness, but <laughs> but yeah, two additional two additional hits last night. I understand 
in some respects in pro sports when a person needs playing time before they move up. But he's clearly shown us over the last few games that he can play up and he deserves to be there. So, yeah, whether you stuff him over picking dandelions in right field uh, and let him step up to the plate and hit, I think you got to find a spot for him on this team and, and let him play. This he's, he's proved that he can do it. This is classic Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Yeah. He's overthinking. Just overthinking the hell out of this. So I, my, my opinion is it's actually a two-part answer. The first part on uh, Correa is they're paying him all that money. They want to put him on the field. Sure. Right? Yeah, 100%. Second part of that answer is I agree. I think you have to find a way to, um, you know, get Royce Lewis on the field. Um, but I also know that the twins are historically very kid gloves with their up and coming players to, to the point of absolute, I mean, it makes me go hysterical, uh, just like you. I mean, it makes me so mad. It, it's not like it's hockey TJ and they're asking, um, a a center Iceman to go play goalie. Like that's the only spot we have. And go play goalie. Okay, <laughs> right. I get it. That's that's ridiculous. But for him to move over from short to second or short to third or even center field, shag some fly balls and call it good. Have you seen the crap that we've trotted out to center field to <laughs> fill in for Buxton over the past three, four years? Oh my God, he's automatically an upgrade. Uh, it just here's the stat line. Here's his stat line too. So he gets called up, right? And his handful of games, eight, nine games, I think he was in. You ready for this? What what more could the kid have done? 39 at bats. He hit 308 with two homers, five runs batted in, and an on-base plus sl- uh, slugging percentage of 889. Yeah. What more does he have to do? And and I think Rocco saying that well it's going to crush his confidence if we send him out to center field and a ball goes over his head or you know hits him in the forehead or something. How does it not crush his confidence to come up to the major leagues? tear the cover off the ball, and be sent back over to St. Paul. That, to me, is crushing. Plus, he's a grown-ass man, so yeah. get over it. And when yeah. things happen like that, you know, if you're a pro athlete, you got to have the mental toughness to be able to kind of take the hits as they come, uh, pun intended, I guess. But, yeah, <laughs> if a ball goes over his head and he's got to go out there and retrieve it and throw it in, well, yeah, that happened. But if he's still solid at the plate, there's a good chance he's not going to make that mistake in the outfield again. I'd take him over Jake Cave in a heartbeat, okay? Jake <laughs> Cave. That's the guy they had plugging holes in center field for Buxton the past couple of years. He's in St. Paul now. <laughs> That's where he belongs. Royce Lewis belongs on the other side of the river. He belongs in Minneapolis. Let the kid show up two hours before a game and and work on whatever position it is. I bet he would volunteer to do that in a heartbeat, especially when you look at his past and uh, COVID wiping out a minor league season for him. Then he blew out his knee in spring training, had to have that all repaired. He lost a season there. I mean, this kid isn't getting any younger. <laughs> no, I agree. They keep Miranda up. I mean, Miranda's not doing yeah. very well at all. Maybe he's the guy he sent down. I don't know. Miranda's hitting his weight right now, one something. And uh, it's, yeah, I, it's head scratching to say the least. And I feel bad. I feel bad for Royce and his family. Will he come back up? Absolutely. But I just, so then how long is long enough? Like how many, how many games does he have to play in St. Paul at a certain position before they go? Yep. He's ready. Yep. Is it 
20? Is it 50? I don't, I don't know. Could be one if we lose to Oakland one. again today. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> game today. Uh, and how do we lose to Oakland? God, what a mess they are. How many fans in the, if you guys just even had it on for a little bit to just look at the crowd that they had at the, the Coliseum there. It's sad. It's a well, good I, was, I was listening on the radio uh, because I can't get the, the televised games because um, I'm too cheap. I'm not going to spend the money. <laughs> but, uh, but I was listening to it on the radio, and I could hear a bunch of drunk guys uh, cheering for uh, Oakland. So apparently they were close to where the uh, broadcast mic was. There you go. <laughs> but they were the only ones there, and there was yeah. just not a, all that crowd noise to drown it out. Great right. news for those guys, though. There is no wait time in the bathroom if they're, they're that drunk. Not. They are in, out, and back to the game in no God. time. You can you, you can put your name over a stall if you want to, or <laughs> it's yours. You just name it and claim it. You know that's that's, that's a good uh, good marketing ploy right there. You get your own urinal and yep. your own seat at the ballpark. It's probably the only way to have fun at an A's game is to get hammered. <laughs> that is that is such an armpit of a of a stadium to begin with. And then ownership traded away every good player before the season started, except the guy we wanted, the starting pitcher. Uh, they kept him for some mysterious reason. Uh, <laughs> but it, they just totally jobbed their fans. And I know they're, they're, the plans are to move, and, and they're, they, they pretty much have their bags packed already. But what an F you to the fans, man. I mean, and, and the, the people that are showing up, I don't I, – is it – do they have to clean the stadium afterwards? Yeah. Why are they there? I don't even know why they're there. Do they the sell tickets? Yeah. <laughs> they just open up the gates and let them walk in. That's probably like, yeah, ticket optional, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, uh, Dick Bramer tweeted something out. Uh, I think it was the first, the first game of the series that he had gotten there early and he was uh, asked to leave by stadium personnel. He was in the visitors. Uh, Saw it broadcast booth did you see this yeah. and he asked to leave because they needed to bring in the exterminators because there was a problem with rodents that they had to take care of before you could get in there was it like a it was like a possum or something like that you know? track down a possum he was asked to leave he goes honestly in my whatever 60 years of broadcasting or whatever it is for him now never happened before <laughs> welcome to oakland right. <laughs> i just want to know did the possum play dead then, or I guess we never found out. No, he played oh, shortstop. There you go. <laughs> yeah, race to the punchline. Well, race to the punchline. Yeah. Well, uh, just an armpit of a stadium. It really is. And uh, uh, the Twins aren't doing real well in attendance either. We're doing better than the 800 or whatever were in Oakland last night. But uh, we're near the bottom, and we have a team that's in first place. We have a team that is – with or without Lewis, markedly better and more interesting than they were last year. That wouldn't take much. But we're only drawing an average of about 18,000 fans a game. And I know part of that had to do with it was 35 degrees yeah. snowing for the first week. But how come that hasn't picked up since? Well, 840 on a Tuesday night for your first pitch is probably a, a good one. You're not going to get home till after midnight. Mm. Especially if you live down here in Mankato, you know, you got to make the trek back. I'm, and between the late baseball games and the hockey games we had, that was brutal. Yeah, and we had the Timberwolves in the first part of that, too. So, Right. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to me that more, more people aren't showing up or that it wouldn't balance out. Like, yeah, it was super cold. 
at the beginning of the season, but now I think last weekend when they were home, really nice weather, but you didn't see crowds of 30, 40,000. You saw maybe 20, 25, 30 tops. So it, it's it's a little head scratching to me that fans haven't uh, come out. Is Is there any way this is part of the hangover from the lockout and some disenfranchised fans maybe gully or what do you think well i mean that certainly could be part of the part of the problem i don't know i'm actually kind of excited to go see like a weekday afternoon game because i can uh (laughs) and and uh, i don't know if there's some coming up but who are we playing next at home i know we got to travel is it kansas city first uh, for a three-game series, and then I can't remember who we play at home. Then after that, yeah, we got Detroit uh, midweek next week. I'm going to the the uh, afternoon game on Wednesday, so yeah. there you go. Want to have do you a want to date? Let, <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. We can okay. we can hold up our Where's Royce Lewis signs and see if we yes. can get on TV. Uh, the other thing with attendance to think yeah. about, but even yeah. if if you live in Mankato like we do. You know, to go to a game at four dollars and fourteen cents a gallon. Yeah. Oof. You know, that's gonna that's gonna hurt a little bit to to make that drive even to the Twin Cities to see them. Yeah, that's definitely gonna have an impact over the course of the summer, don't you think? Because I don't think we're I don't think we're um peaking at four what did you say, four fourteen? I think I think it's still still gotten its way up. Well, here's an idea. Take the land to air. <laughs> There you go. Is that what we're gonna do? We're gonna take land to air next Wednesday. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and how much of it does it weigh in? Are there still some people scared to go to Minneapolis, especially for a night game? Ah, uh, you know you, that there might be some truth to that. Um, I know that my son won't go uh, downtown, and actually, both my grown sons won't go downtown. They just won't. They just don't feel safe, or what? Yep. The, yeah, yep. It's a safety issue, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely a factor, and I think I think it gets overlooked sometimes that a lot that a lot of people are really still spooked by that, especially if you live in more of a rural area and you're sort of out of your element to begin with to go to the Twin Cities, and there you are right in the heart of of downtown, and and uh, you know either parking on the street or in ramps, and you know, you make yourself a little vulnerable when you go to do that. Um, so I think, I think there's a variety. Is that what we're kind of, kind of thinking here? And there's a variety of factors that are, that are contributing to this. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that it's a little overblown. I mean, comparatively, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. I mean, going to the Oakland, uh, Coliseum, you know, I think that there's probably a little more danger involved in that than going to the twins game, but oh yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I don't think oh, it's as so bad as people make it out to be. <laughs> It's also, I think people are, well, if you're like me, you're conditioned a little bit too, right? You're like, oh yeah, great. The Twins are off to a pretty good start. They're number one in the division. How long is that going to last? <laughs> you know, you got to wait until late in the season before you really climb all the way up on the bandwagon. I'm just dragging a boot right now and I got one leg up, uh, you know, and I'll continue to follow along. But at this point, there's a lot going on this time of year. You got kids graduating from school and parents planning parties and uh, just so much happening that maybe it's not a priority at the moment. But if they can stay in number one and you know and get another four weeks into the season, and, and I think you'll see attendance start to climb up, especially once you you can you can know that even if the weather's bad, that it's still going to be comfortable enough to sit outside. You know, between good weather and bad weather in April, it was the difference between a seventy degree day 
and a 24 degree wind chill. You know, you get into next month and you might have a, a 90 degree day or a bad 72 degree day. Not that, you know, <laughs> then, then I think you'll see some consistent attendance. Um, I'm going to have to call you on that one, though, TJ. There were no 70-degree days in April. <laughs> there was one, I think, oh, at the beginning on. of April. Oh. One day. One day. One yeah. whole one. <laughs> uh, well, and the Twins, as as much as I'm having fun watching them this year so far, just because it's more entertaining, it's a better product by far. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're first place in a really – this is probably the worst division in baseball, if we're going to be honest. I mean, the next team is what? 500 or one game over 500 and you've got other divisions where you've got three, four teams just beating the hell out of each other. Yeah. Chicago's what? 18 and 18, two and a half back. Cleveland is three and a half back of us and they're starting to play better now. Right. Not the, not the strongest division in baseball. In fact, it's probably the weakest. So, uh, is, is this going to be, you know, like TJ said, all right, you know, show it to me, prove it to me over a period of time. And don't just win a weak division and then go three and out in the playoffs because that's that's eight eighteen is it eighteen games in a row now that we've lost postseason It's something god awful like that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's horrible. And uh, it would be you know, par for the course. It would be absolutely the most Minnesota thing for all of our pro sports teams to just get bounced in the first round. God, it could happen. It could very well happen. It could happen yeah. for the Twins. And the Vikings, we'll get to that in a little bit, are kind of one of those playoff bubble teams, too. And even if they make it in, if they face some stiff competition, are they out in the first round there, too? Oh, God, I really hope. I really hope that's not what we're we're setting ourselves up for. Somebody did post this after the Wild got bounced. Minnesota sports teams, postseason records. Going back to the Twins. Did you see that? When the Twins started... Crap in the bed. Okay, yes. 0 and 18 for the Twins since 2004. The Vikings, 4 and 7. Timberwolves, 3 and 8 in the postseason. And the Wild, 24 and 48. So overall, Minnesota sports teams combined in the postseason since 2004, 31 wins, 81 losses. A win percentage of 27%. That ain't going to get it done. Well, (laughs) I need to add the links to that so it doesn't appear to be as bad. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, man, that's that's unmatched. I I defy you to find another team with that level of ineptitude. It's just it's not our imagination, guys. (laughs) The numbers, the numbers prove it out. Uh, Joe Ryan's a stud. He looked good again uh, in his last outing. And did you guys catch the uh, Side bet that the starting pitching staff has going? No. no. So oh, I read about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Joe Ryan's pitching was it Sunday, I think, and the shift was on, so the infield defense was all towards first base, and the batter hits a foul pop-up on the third base side. So it's either going to be Joe Ryan or the catcher. It's going to be one of the two because there's no infielders over there, and Ryan hustles over puts himself under the ball, calls off Jeffers, makes the catch, looks into the dugout, and goes 5-0-0. Every foul pop-up that a twin starter makes, they they get paid $500 by all the other guys. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's cool. I mean, I think it's a sign that they're having fun in the clubhouse, right? Yeah. 
That's important. I think we saw that obviously with the wild. Uh, and if you can get a, a clubhouse, you know, that's all on the same page and getting along really well, it really does any, any team, any group of people, whether it's a work team, a sports team, whatever, when that group of people is getting along and having fun, then your job is so much easier. It just comes to you so much more naturally. Someday, maybe that'll be the case here at the radio station. Yeah, well, I hope so. Well, we just need we need to get more side bets going. That's the yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can afford the five hundred though. Yeah. yeah, I'll look yeah. at you and be like, <laughs> get a little rich. Five, five. Right. <laughs> That's more reasonable for what right. we for right. a living. I think when your paycheck jingles, you can't go five hundred a throw. Yeah, this is true. Uh, all right. Well, I've been putting it off because it's just so painful. But, you know, after the Timberwolves got bounced from the playoffs and we had our hopes high and hung on the Minnesota Wild and TJ, just a crushing defeat in round one. And and again, kind of like the Wolves, very winnable chances, chances where the tide is going to turn one way or the other. And it seemed to be leaning towards the Wild and then just bam, it went it went the other way to right. see so many avenues to travel down with this. You know, you got a game where Kaprizov just tried to put the whole team on his back, you know, and that, that didn't happen. You got, uh, you know, a case of, you know, uh, you had a milk carton with Kevin Fiala on it because he went missing. Where is he? Uh, Geez, that was in the playoffs. He was just, I mean, he was so good until the playoffs started. Uh, And then the big question mark as to why, you uh, abandon your goaltender rotation, which seemed to be working really well for you when you went into the playoffs. I mean, I get it. Marc-Andre Fleury is a, is a Hall of Fame goaltender. He has playoff experience. I am on that bandwagon, too. I really like the guy. But Talbot was playing so well up until that point, and then to just shelf him and bring him back, what, two or two and a half weeks later and say, okay, now do it. Yeah. You know, or back there against the wall, and you're ice cold, but, yeah, yep. get there and save us. Yeah. So that it was. There's a lot of fingers to be pointed. I think there's also a, several times where the defense didn't give Flurry a whole lot of help. Um, yeah. But watching the last couple of days of press conferences between players and coaches and and the general manager, they seem optimistic about trying to keep as many of these guys around as possible for next season. I know they had a great locker room as well, but. I think Garen even mentioned it. He's like, that's it's a, I can't remember the exact word because I think him and Fiala both used it. Um, but it's a tricky situation. They, they don't have a ton of money to, uh, to work with there. Cause they still got the Parisian suitor money to deal with. Yep. Yeah. And then they got to try to keep, if they're going to keep Fiala around whatever cap room they have is pretty much going to get chewed up by that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season. Yeah. I don't think Fiala stays. Um, I wish he would, but I, I just don't think that's going to happen. And it's because of the money. And mm-hmm. I really feel like the Wild feel like there are maybe one or two guys short of being really good. Um, I, I do agree with you about the goalie uh, situation in the playoffs. I got to kind of wonder how they, you know, really pitched that to Flurry. I wonder if they said, you know, you're going to get the bulk of the play in the playoffs if we get there. I don't know. I mean, it was looking like it was a lock by that time anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're playoffs so i don't know i mean it's it's hard to say but um you gotta win that home game you yeah. cannot lose yeah. that home game yeah that was that was the killer right there it went it went from having a chance to win it all yeah road to you're fighting for your life yeah and that didn't work out so well 
Uh, Fiala, Spence, what happened to Fiala? And and did his lack of production in the playoffs kind of seal his fate? Or or do we, I mean, how do you replace that goal scoring in the regular season if he's gone? He probably is gone just because they do have some talent, young talent that they probably can bring up that have similar kind of skills in the playoffs. I don't know. He was just off. He just, if it was nerves or what, because there's a lot of times he'd come in with the puck and he'd, he'd lose control and all of that. I don't, I don't know what it was. If he just choked in the playoffs, if, we, if he was nervous, I, I'm not sure, but he, he definitely fell on his face. I hear a lot of it's 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 got to be either Dumba goes or Fiala goes. I, I'll be honest; I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, if they're both gone. Right, I I would agree with that. I, I really think with those buyouts and and a huge uh, financial impact of that affecting us for the next two years now, I think I think you almost have to make some of those painful moves where you give yourself some financial flexibility. Uh, and that's that's tough, especially after Dumba said that he was playing. Was he playing in the playoffs with like a, a yeah, lung and a broken rib? Yep. Yeah. Oh God, you guys. And a dislocated rib. Oh, I, yeah. I can't imagine how painful that was. And and the dude puts on his, his sweater and goes out there and gives it his all. And then you, I mean, that's... <laughs> You'd like to reward the guy by keeping him around, but I don't. I don't know that they can afford to. I mean, it's no bruised finger, but I mean, it is right. a dislocated rib, <laughs> punctured lung. Well, we're, we're Carlos talking. Correa, if you'd like to call TJ five zero seven forty six. I don't know, man. Those hockey players, when it comes to the playoffs and when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's a whole nother level. Yeah, and the amount of toughness that these guys have to to step in and and do that. I mean, you hear plenty of stories every year about guys that are playing through the playoffs injured and, and, and just hobbling through waiting to get to the postseason. Hopefully yeah. after, you know, yeah. doing whatever it takes to hoist the cup, whether you got a separated shoulder or not. Um, but yeah, that, I heard that story too. And just thought, geez, I mean, that's, that's when you take a rest. That's when you sit down and take a break and get well, but nope, they're, they're put on the sweater and hit the ice. How yeah. do you play? How do you play with a punctured lung? Yeah. Right. A broken, you know, what, and a, a banged up rib. Do you know how painful every breath you take, and then you're there hustling on the. I can't even. I can't even imagine. It's yeah. I was out with a hangnail last week for two days. I couldn't do the morning show. I couldn't do it. It was too painful. So, uh, goalie TJ uh, Talbot or Flurry next year. Um, Flurry says he wants to come back. Yeah, and obviously Talbot's got what another year or two on his deal. So what will that look like next year? Is it Talbot or Flurry? And then I don't think you can say both when we're talking about the financial confines. Well, what is what is the what is Flurry's attitude? I guess is my question. How does he feel about having had to sit those games? Is there a relationship that needs repairing there? I know Garen said he'd love to keep both of them. I personally wouldn't mind seeing them keep both if that was possible. But what needs to happen is Flurry needs to stop letting in four or five goals a night. I know he's a great goaltender, but man, he barfed up a bunch of meaty rebounds right up in front of the net, and that was what Amen. led to a four or five True. goal games. Amen. So, uh, I I don't know if if it were me, and I had to roll the dice on just one of those goaltenders, I would stay with Calbit or Talbot and say, you know, thank you for your service, Flurry. You know, I, I I believe 
the rumor is he would love to end up going back and at least signing with Pittsburgh and retiring a penguin someday. I don't mm-hmm. know how close he is to that. But uh, if I had to choose one, I would go with Cam Talbot for next year and then see what else, you know, whatever else. I'm not sure what's going on down in Iowa with the Wild uh, or what your other options are. If it comes down to money, though, I would I would stick with Talbot. And then who would who would the backup be, Spence? To, I, I thought I heard they just signed some kid to a entry-level uh, deal. It I, wouldn't be him, would it? I I. I don't know who the, I did see that too, but I, I can't yeah. remember his name. If that's the the plans, if that's the guy, I forget which college he even played for. He's a bigger kid though, mm. but I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But I don't know what they're doing. I think that. it starts with a W. <laughs> okay, so that's all, that's all I'm getting. It starts Helpful. with a W. <laughs> I was thinking Jill's Malosh, so I'm glad you went with a W because uh, <laughs> Jill's a little too old for that. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I was I w- I really had faith in the Wild. I really did. I really. <laughs> it's such a Minnesota thing to do, right? As a fan, you're like, yeah, this is the year. We we've made all these improvements, and Garen went out and made all these deals at the trade deadline, and and uh, great chemistry, and and God, uh, Talbot and Flurry, two two awesome red hot goalies, and pfft, we're out again right away. It's just so flipping frustrating. It is frustrating. I'm ready to give Garen at this point a little bit of a pass. He did great work this year, but this was really his first full normal season of hockey because of COVID and and shortened seasons and things like that. It's been a little weird for him to so so see what he's done up until this season and what he put together this year. Not bad, you know. We'll take it. Yeah, we're bummed. I mean, but once you make it into the playoffs, it's not like you're playing chumps anymore. Every team deserves to be there. We just we're hoping that we were more deserved than St. Louis, and apparently we were not. Although they lost last night in overtime, and that was nice. <laughs> oh darn! Yeah. When you watch that that series with the Blues, Spence, what what stuck out to you? Where you were like, "Man, we for the for next year, we really need this." Was there anything where you were like glaringly missing on the Wild? Well, I I think confidence may be the biggest thing. They they just were so frustrated. And hats off to the Blues for changing their goaltender. But man, that guy really frustrated us and got in our heads, and I think that really created some problems for the Wild. Plus, their uh, defense was like a brick wall. That too. Yeah, yeah it was tough to find any space. Yeah, really. sure. They did a great job shutting that down. I, I think uh, the head coach said that uh, in an interview yesterday too. Uh, Spence kind of alluding to that same thing where here's a team that that really never counted themselves out of any game in the regular season. And yet, when things went wrong in the playoffs, like where we were at home and we were winning and we took a lead and we had like just the the best first period ever, and then all of a sudden St. Louis would pop a couple of easy ones in, it just seemed like they got down and just that was it. They packed it in then. And that that was so odd to see because that wasn't how they played the first 82 games of the year. Yep. Even to the first three games of the playoffs, the passing was crisp, you know, they were aggressive, but then when they changed that goaltender, we got frustrated. We were out of sync. The passing was all messed up. It was tough to watch. Yeah, agreed. Tough didn't, to watch. Yep. Didn't Bennington for for St. Louis was the goaltender they put in right, and he had some sort of absurd, like terrible playoff record. And I thought, great, put him <laughs> in. That's great, you know. And then boy, he proved us wrong there. He turned that right around, and all of a sudden, everybody wants that guy in the in their net. For the playoffs, 
unless it's Ottinger for Dallas. That guy played out of his mind and they lost too. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's on paper. It's one thing. And then the games get played and you're like, oh, okay. Well, didn't see that coming. Uh, The Vikings schedule released. Of course, the NFL makes a big deal out of absolutely everything, including (laughs) schedule release day. Uh, (laughs) And we just have the one at home preseason game because there's only three preseason. We'll be at Vegas and at Denver. So we get Frisco. Uh, at home for preseason. Thank God they did that. I mean, There's such a good switch for the NFL with getting rid of the one of the preseason and adding to the regular season. Uh, but it's, to me, I look at it, I thought it looked like a very tough schedule, including opening up at home against uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, some some big games in prime time and, and big games on holidays. And Spence, the Vikings and, and uh, their quarterback don't always show up in those big primetime games. <laughs> God, I hope you're wrong on that, but yeah, they've got Buffalo. They've got Dallas. It's, it's a, it's a tough schedule, I think too, but we'll see. Hopefully they can. And this is a new regime though. It's a new attitude. I hope that really changes for them, but I, I did look at the schedule like you did. I'm like, Oh God, Buffalo and Dallas. Isn't there a game in London too? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh, week four, the Saints in London. That'll be our 8.30. Uh, crap, I got to get out of bed early on a Sunday game. <laughs> Bloody Marys, though. There you go. Yeah. Champions. So there's that. And then we end the season in the cold. I mean, we're ice cold the last two weeks of the season. When it's the coldest, it's January by then. And we're at Lambeau. And we're at Soldier Field. Oh, that could be that could be rough. <laughs> I don't know that I like that. I feel like the the Vikings are in a scenario kind of like the Twins, where this could be one of the worst divisions in the NFL this year. Who's going to rise to the top? Right? It's most likely not going to be Detroit. Uh, most people would probably pick Green Bay. I kind of like playing Green Bay right off the bat because win or lose that one, uh, it doesn't make or break your season. You know, it's one loss. It's early in the season. And then, but we go so long before we finally play them the second time. Yeah. And then have to play them in Lambeau in the cold. Although that field is heated. I don't think it's as big of a deal for the players as it is for the fans in the stands at games like that. But yeah, will Chicago be any good? They're always a huge question mark. So, well, it depends on fields. I think it's all, it's all in the quarterback there. My biggest. So, yeah. New regime, you got to come in with that swagger, and you got to come out on, in game one at home against the Packers and just say, "Look, we're going to be the team to beat," and start right there. My if big, you don't, not the end of the world. My biggest fear with the Vikings is I think the offense is going to be very good, and they'll pick up on it rather quickly. I'm like, fear is we're going to take a while to figure out this new three-four concept, and some of these guys who are on this team before are going to may have a little tougher time figuring out where they're supposed to be all the time. So I'm wondering how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel Hunter said he was healthy as a horse yesterday. If if he and the new edge rusher we picked up, and we have guys on both ends now that can rush the quarterback, that could be fun to watch yeah. this yeah. year. You guys. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Aaron Rodgers fall down. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. He'll cry. He'll cry He'll about cry. it. And it was, it was some sort of penalty that wasn't called. What's <laughs> <laughs> the reason for it? <laughs> All right. Well, I'd love to keep going, but uh, TJ, you got a phone call to take. It's Carlos Correa on line three. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And we'll talk to you next week.